International. Hey, welcome to the listening room. It's me, Joey Z. Uh, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have a special Out of Bounds Comedy Festival episode for y'all to hear. Um, a lot of awesome different stories told by a lot of variety of acts that were in town for the festival. It's cool to meet all these people and network with them and uh, just have a good time. If you were there at the festival, uh, you knew what was up. We have uh, some fun stories from Tanya Ayub, who's a drama teacher in Orange County, Fumi Abe, comedian in New York, Matt Payton, uh, comedian from L.A., uh, Niraj Cerny Savan, comedian from Portland, and Ify Wadiwe, comedian also from L.A., and we have some stories that didn't make it online. We had a drop-in set from Holly Laurent, who was on season three of Drunk History, and Katie Rich, writer for Saturday Night Live. So if you were there at the Spider House Ballroom, you got to hear some exclusive stories. So that's always a plus if you see us uh, a live show. You never know who's going to drop in and who's going to try to share a new story that's not ready yet. Um, So thank you guys for tuning in. This episode's really, really fun. I also have another episode with Ify Wadiwe, um, just talking in, in the studio about more personal stuff and hanging out. It's a good good to share and hang out with him. Um, yeah, this whole whole festival was super fun. Um, you can catch us. Next one's going to come out at the Lincoln Calling Music Festival back in my hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska. Going to interview some bands. Uh, it's going to be a real fun time, so look for that later. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Um, enjoy the show. Bye-bye, friends. storytelling show and podcast I put online, um, so don't heckle any of my awesome friends that I bring up here, because they will shoot something back at you that will make you sound dumb online for all eternity, so <laughs> be respectful. Um, before things begin, I have this list of some things going on, you know that sponsor hype. Um, hey, sponsors for this festival, keep it going for the Hideout Theater, the new movement. Facebook, give that a like, and stay up to date for next year's stuff at outofbalancecomedyfestival.com. Check it out online. Um, cool, no more paperwork. <laughs> um, my name is Joey Zerman. I'm the host of The Listening Room. What is The Listening Room? I started this show, I'm a stand-up comedian, um, but I 
Notice I had a lot of these stories that naturally didn't fit in with what I wanted my original stand-up to be. So I wanted to create this show for stand-up comedians to be able to get across some stuff that they usually don't find in their act. And since doing this show at Genuine Joe's Coffee House up north, um, second Saturday of every month, so even if you want, the ninth is coming up next week. What? Go ahead, come check it out if you want. It's going to be a fun time. We got... Since it, yeah, being stand-up, I have like filmmakers on it now, musicians, improvisers, comedians, so it's branched out to something that's totally awesome. People can get up and share a story, and it's always a real swell, super-duper time. Um, you're going to hear a lot of variety of stuff, a lot of storytelling shows have uh, themes. I don't have a theme at all, so every single person coming up here is going to bring hopefully a very unique perspective a completely different story than the one before it. Because some theme shows people are like, oh, I don't like this scene, and then that makes a little negative attitude throughout the whole thing. So if you get a monkey bash and a hat, like, who knows what you're going to pick out of here. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, I usually get the night started with the first story of the evening. So you guys ready straight to go through the heart of the sun or what? You want to do it? This story is about me acting safely in an unsafe place. That's <laughs> where um, this story starts uh, at a Grateful Dead cover band concert in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> That's where life found me at that point in time. Uh, it, was, it was before I was about to move here, and I was uh, with this girl I was sort of seeing at the time and her friend. When we were at this concert, and her and her friend comes to me and they approach me and they're like, hey, um, our buddy here at the show, uh, Old Man, Old Man has some LSD. Do you want to go take this LSD and hang out in my friend's jacuzzi? She's like, whoa, I mean, it's good. She's like, it's mellow LSD. Don't worry, Old Man has good mellow LSD. Um, it'll be a good easy time. <laughs> so we go to meet her friend, Old Man, who's like this 30 year old guy. It's not like <laughs> Older than me, but younger than my father. Not old, not old man by any any means. Um, uh, old man gives us some acid on a sugar cube. Alright. On a sugar cube, it's pretty easy to, you know, quantity is it's in the eye of the beholder, and this choice to be older is old man. And I asked old man, like, so it's like, what's on here? Like one. Two, he's like, yeah, one, ten. Like, that's a difference. That's, that's a big difference. Um, but throwing caution to the wind and going willy-nilly, we all decided to take it uh, as we were just leaving um, that little concert. And we are like, let's drive on over to this house, get to this jacuzzi, and have a good time. Um, like, it, it took, like, from where we were at the concert to drive to the house maybe like a 20-ish minute drive. Within like taking it and then getting to the car and beginning the initial drive, like about 10 to 15 minutes into it, I was already kind of feeling a little funky. And has anyone here ever done LSD before? Does that make some friends, people? Some people that it's a, it's a normal fun thing to try. No. You got a good handle on your reality. I just have one recommendation for you to um, spice things up a bit. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, it usually takes like an hour-ish for you to be like, all right, well, so this is what I'm going to be like for 10, 12 hours, you know, give or take. But yeah, within like 10 to 15 minutes, I was already like looking out the window. I'm like, this might, this might kick our ass. This could be, this could not be a good time. Um, so we eventually get to uh, my friend, her, her, uh, her house. 
um, get up to the front steps, and she has like a little problem at the door at the front. She like has to jimmy it open and like kind of push in to get into it. But eventually we get in. Um, there's like this blind dog that's in there. She's like, oh, this is Susie, the, the blind dog. It's just like, it was deaf as well as blind and deaf. So it was like, it didn't know anyone came in and it was just sitting there. And then we touched it and I was like, oh, that was funny. So it's like, that would be very <laughs> blind deaf dog. It's like, damn, how do you perceive anything going on? Jesus. But as I would find out, I might as well have been blind and deaf in this situation. So we get out back, open up the screen door, get to the jacuzzi. Uh, none of us have any you know, clothes, we have jacuzzi clothes, so we just go, we always go skinny dipping in it. Go skinny dipping in the jacuzzi, we get in there. About this time, it's like maybe 35, 45 minutes in, and I'm like tripping my nuts off. I'm like already in it. I'm like, good God. And they're starting to like laugh at me. And perception is different when you're in LSE. Things get switched up. I think they're laughing at me because this is really mellow LSE, but they're laughing at me because this is the first time I've had like really good mellow LSE, and like I don't know how to handle myself. So I think they're like giggling at me. So this whole time I'm trying to like kind of put myself together, like not act like an idiot or like how just want to behave, like trying to um, be chilling in this jacuzzi while not even an hour in and already the trees are kind of going nuts. Like, what's, what's going on? Um, but through some more discussion and conversation, the, they eventually tell me, her friend, she's like, uh, she's like, we shouldn't be here. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, isn't life crazy? We should not be here. I don't know. And she's like, no, I mean like this place. I, I actually lie. This is not my house. This is my friend's house that I knew her and her family's all going out of town for the weekend. And I know if you just jimmy the door of the front, you're able to get in and you can, we can use our hot tub. I knew that. I was like, oh shit, okay. So I should, we can't be here. And they're like, and they're like, yeah, and also this is not mellow acid. Like this is, we gotta get out of here before we're in the throes of this. So I'm like, shit, all right, come into action. So I go inside, naked, dripping wet in a stranger's house, just going through everything, trying to find any a towel form, towel shape, anything towel related to dry off our bodies, okay? Um, I'm in like this little hallway, like looking at this closet, uh, picking out some towels, throwing some things over my shoulder. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the hallway, the door opens up, and this little old lady steps out and says, Hello? <laughs> Run. <laughs> I, I ran fast as hell out of there with my towels. I slid open the screen door. I'm like, there's an old lady inside, and she saw me, naked, dripping wet, with all her towels and all her hand towels. We gotta go. So the girls grab all the clothes, I have all the towels, and we hop off the porch where the jacuzzi was on, and then throw the clothes and all our belongings over the fence, hop over the fence, and then just start running in this neighborhood south of downtown Lincoln, naked, dripping wet through the night. And I'm like, we need to find a, a rest point where I can contact one of my friends to come and get us and solve this situation. But running naked down the street and trying to do something on your phone on acid, impossible, impossible. <laughs> like, I gotta find a good spot. We find this park, I'm like, sweet. There's like a little dome under the slide, like we can hide in there and like kind of gather our, ourselves and hopefully get some help. When we're running up to the park, there's people already hanging out at this park. 
It's like 3 a.m. and I'll be running like, oh no, bad guys. Like, what are they gonna do to, what's gonna happen? But here's the thing, if you're, if it's like 3 a.m. and you're hanging out at a park and you see some people running at the park who are naked, wet, holding all their clothes, you're gonna leave the park, you're gonna run away. These people ran away when they saw us coming. So we got up there and we reconvened, started putting our clothes on. And in my phone, I tried so hard to locate my specific address and then send that pin to my buddy Nolan. I send it in text form. It takes him a while not to respond. It was probably only two minutes, but you know, it felt like 20 if you're tripping. So I'm like, I gotta call him. It took so long to figure out how to call him. And I finally do, and he doesn't answer. And I'm like, God damn it. But eventually I called his roommate. And it's like, man, it's like three-ish, four now. And he's like, oh, hello, man. I'm like surprised, like, Derek, hey, what's going on, man? Why are you? I'm like, oh, I forgot. It's late as fuck. It's, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on acid naked at this park at this pig that I sent you. Can you come and get us? And he's like, oh, shit, man. Yeah, I'll be there right away. So I'm like, sweet. Derek came. Yeah, my buddy, Derek. And Clapper did that day. He deserved that. I'm going to tell him story later. He'll be like, I don't know, I knew I was going to get him. He's a good dude. Um, so yeah, he eventually comes, uh, which again, feels like forever. We're just like shivering there waiting. I'm like, are you coming, man? He's like, dude, it's been five minutes. I'm just leaving that house. And throughout this time, I'm like, I'm relieved now. Because I like saved the day, particularly. Like, uh, that chick, uh, her friend, my, my friend's friend lied to us that this was not her place. She's like, also the acid was mellow. So already it's like two strikes. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not feeling this lady at all. I'm like, pretty, I'm pretty salty, to be honest. Pretty, pretty salty. Um, so like, <laughs> Derek comes, picks us up, and we go back uh, to their crib. Uh, I'm just like in towel garb. I look like I'm... <laughs> at like a togo party or something. And uh, we eventually get out there and we get to their house and we're safe. Um, we chill out on the back of the deck and they have like this couch sitting there at the end of the deck. And I just, like, just plop on it and we're just like, ooh, how about that? I can't believe we did that. We got out of that, right? We're done. And then like my friend, the girl I don't like, she fumbles out her eyes going nuts, she puts a cigarette in her mouth, she's looking, and she looks at me, and she's like, do you have a light? And I was like, shut up, I've done enough. <laughs> I've done enough. Hey, that's gonna do it for me, that's the first story. My name's Joe Zimmer. Uh, you guys are gonna keep the set
Yeah, this is a story about the worst first date I've ever had. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going there. Uh, and uh, this was a date with a woman that I met on Tinder, which is something I've known to do when I haven't had sex in a while, and I forget how awkward my last Tinder encounter was. And I remember her, her profile said that she was a butt tender. Uh, if you guys don't know, pot is legal in Portland. Never mind, Portland's definitely better. Go Portland! Uh, <laughs> pot is legal in Portland, and that's what you call the people that sell you the pot at the pot shops. And usually it's like a 30 year old dude with dreadlocks and a worthless philosophy degree, but it's just like a cute 21 year old girl with a nose ring and a neck tattoo. And uh, it said that she was a butt tender, and uh, that was unique, and that she was looking for adventure, which was like totally not. And <laughs> let's get drinks. Uh, so we decided to meet up at this like outdoor patio section of this bar, and I beat her there, and I watched her show up in what looked like a soccer mom minivan, and she hops out of the passenger seat in a cocktail dress, and the driver gets out and like hugs her goodbye before she comes into the bar. Like, she's going to Normandy, like I don't know what they were expecting, and this was also interesting because. I can only describe this driver, this gentleman, as an ex-college linebacker who now works at Hot Topic. Because the dude was like six foot four, like 240 pounds of just rock solid muscle, but he was also wearing a tight pink t-shirt with bedazzled text across the chest. It was really strange. So, um, yeah, he hugs her goodbye and she comes in and sits down. And I was too curious, I was like, oh, was that, was that your roommate? She's like, oh no, that's my ex. Like, oh, your ex-boyfriend drives you to dates? She's like, oh, well, that's my ex-husband. Uh, yeah, I don't know what was more weird, the fact that her ex-husband drives her dates or the fact that she thought that that was an acceptable response <laughs> to why I asked that question. I didn't want to make it weird. I was like, okay, keep it present. I was like, oh, well, how, how long were you together? She's like, well, technically six months, but you know, we were seeing each other when I was still with my first husband. She met the owner of the trading company. He had a bad tattoo of Marilyn Monroe on his chest. 
And um, I remember thinking, wow, this is, this is going really well. She's actually really smart and really cool. And we were getting down to the bottom of the joint. There was like a lull in conversation. And I don't know if it was like stone impulse, but I was like, um, if you don't mind me asking, why did you and your ex break up? She was like, which one? Valid question. Uh, I said, let's say the most recent one. And uh, this is when the one voice became two again. Because she told me in this order, well, we had a mutual crystal meth problem. And I was webcamming on the side, and he did not like that. But hey, I'm actually not that high, but I do have more weed back in my place. If you want to go smoke more, we can do that. Now, voice number one became real Nancy Reagan. Like, just say no, you know? Like, really, <laughs> this is a red flag important. Just walk out of this while there's no dignity. Voice two was like, you have not had sex in seven months. Just come on, man. Take one for the self-esteem. The self-esteem was like, I could go either way on this. This is all of you guys. <laughs> and I processed all of this and what felt like half a second, but then I hear her go, well, so like clearly it had been a lot longer than that. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, all right. So we get in my car and uh, we drive, we drive to this like ridiculous house, and you know we, we pull up to this huge driveway, and like the kind of house that you could definitely not afford on a webcam or a butt tender salary. <laughs> so I was like, oh wow, it's a beautiful house. How many roommates do you have? She was like, well. Technically, this is my ex's parents' place, and they let me stay in their guest room. Yeah. And, like, the sunk cost feeling was really setting in. So I was just like, all right, let's see this guest room. Just... And, we, and we walked there. Like, I'm half expecting our ex to be waiting there, like, knock me out and harvest my organs, but I was like, all right, let's just see what happens. So we walk up the driveway, into the garage, up some stairs, into the storage space, and that was it. That was the guest room. There was no windows, it was like 60% boxes, and the rest of the room was just a mattress on the ground, and like a wardrobe was just a mess of clothes. I was like, okay, I have tetanus now. No, I didn't say that. Uh, we weren't talking much. Um, yeah, she, she put on some music, and she loaded a bowl, and we smoke it. Uh, she loads another, we smoke it. And she kind of like, like leans in, and we started making out. And at some point, she started like undoing my belt, and I think it like stone paranoia saved my life that day. And I was like, wait, 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 uh, I have some condoms in my car, just let me go and grab one. And she said, she said, oh no, that's okay, I trust you. Oh. <laughs> I want to be like, I trust me too. <laughs> this is not a me problem. <laughs> straight to Denny's. <laughs> and as I was pulling out, like the two boys in my head were louder than ever. And the first one was like, oh, that was so fucked up, man. That's so uncool. Just go back up there, tell you a nice time, you're not interested in it, be a gentleman about it. The other one was like, there's bacon at Denny's. <laughs> that sounds way better than doing any of that. <laughs> I'm not proud of my choices that night. I'm not. I won't tell you that. What I will tell you is that 
better for a dry spell, like getting high out of your mind and having a grand slam at 8 p.m. <laughs> You will see some human emotions up here. Didn't think one of those would be an air from your hub. So it's still human all the way through. Hey, you guys ready for your next performer? Huh? Yeah, yeah she's from California. She is one of the best drama teachers in Orange County, California. Everyone give it up for Tanya and you. Thank you so much. I want to thank... Um, Thank you to Joey for hosting this, and thank you to Out of Bounds for inviting me to do this. This is so cool. This is my first storytelling podcast experience, and it's a little scary, but it's um, really cool. I'm celebrating my birthday like but it's mostly because I like to be the center of attention <laughs> as Joey said I am a high school teacher so when my students are like talking while I'm lecturing I'm like excuse me when you hear my beautiful raspy voice you silence yourself <laughs> so uh, that's my like you know try to be like nice cute way of talking to shit uh, so I love celebrating my birthday. So every year I try to do something like really fun and different. And so for my 30th birthday, I was like, all right, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to get a party bus, like a nice one. And I'm going to take my closest 18 friends <laughs> down to San Diego, which is like an hour and a half drive. But I went to San Diego State, so I love San Diego. It's so much fun. So... Um, all my friends came over, and you know, we're all in our like 30s, different range of 30s. Uh, so we're like, you know, the older age, like that's not like the thing that we normally do, but we're like, you know, let's take it back to the college days and let's go on this party bus. So they all came to my house, um, well, my parents' house. Uh, I still live with my parents. Uh, and I know what you white people are thinking because I always get this question. Uh, you know, where do you live? And I always like feel so guilty. I don't know why. Like it's always like when Caucasian people ask me, um, you know, oh, where do you live? And I'm like trying to make all these excuses. I'm like, well, I live with my parents, but like they're never home. So it's like it's like I'm living on my own. Um, so they came over. All my friends came over, and um, my mom made like all this Arabic food, like bomb ass Arabic food. Oh, sh I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put Arab and bomb in the same don't be scared, we're, we're one of the good ones. Um, we're Arab Christians, so don't be afraid. Um, so she made all this food, and like, if you if you are a uh, an Arab child, um, Arab moms are the best. So my mom, like, she is so affectionate, she's so loving, she's so caring. Um, and one of the ways that she shows her affection and love is through uh, cooking for you. So she will feed you and feed you and feed you until you start to look like her <laughs> today. <laughs> and then she'll tell you that you need to go to the gym because you've gained weight. 
Um, so, you know, uh, all my friends, they made jello shots. I went to Costco and got, you know, those like giant um, alcohol bottles. I think in Austin, you guys don't have alcohol in anywhere except for liquor stores, I heard. So you, you guys don't know about the alcohol Costco, but you know what Costco's like, so super-sized alcohol bottles. Um, so we get on the bus, and my friends, um, you know, I'm 30, not married, don't have kids, so they treated that birthday like, oh, you're not going to get married, but we'll like, pretend like this is your bachelorette. So they got me <laughs> all these great, fun, like, bachelorette-type gifts. Um, you know, like, they got me, like, those plastic grills that I put in my mouth, and they got me one of those, like, that straws that you put in your mouth, and then, like, it connects to, like, glasses, so, like, turns around your eyes, and then it connects to, um, your alcoholic beverage. Um, and then the best gift that they got me was, um, my anatomically correct blow-up doll that had the creepiest Face, okay, it was like somebody took a picture of like a really nice face and put it on this like plastic weird shaped head, and then he even had like the chest hair was like a picture of like a man's real chest hair. It was so creepy. It was like plastic doll, anatomically correct. So we have an hour and a half drive down there. So everybody's enjoying dancing with Edgar who's anatomically correct, okay? So he's going around, we're having, there might have been connections that have been made um, with Edgar, I don't know. Uh, so we get down to uh, San Diego, and we get to the first bar, it's like this three-story cool place where there's a club downstairs, a normal bar, the first floor, and then upstairs it's like this men's like smoke lounge, there's no smoking, wow. Um, so, uh, within the first 10 minutes, I get kicked out because, don't, I mean, this is like, I'm a Catholic high school teacher. I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Um, I didn't eat all day because I am a procrastinator. So I decided to shop for my dress, my shoes, my jewelry, everything that day. And also buy all my decorations because I have to decorate like I'm in, like a 10 year old. Uh, my house, my parents' house. So, um, I procrastinated and just like did not have time to eat. So, uh, I had those Jello shots. We were doing the Jello shots on the on the bus, and then we had um, you know drinks. And I didn't even drink that much, but because I didn't eat, you know, I blacked out. And according to my friends, I got kicked out because I had these like six inch seed battens with three inch platforms. So very, very high, very cute. Fuchsia leopard print seed battens, very cute. Uh, and uh, I don't know what it was, if I was closing my eyes or what it was, but they were like, you out of here. First 10 minutes of getting in there, I already had friends at one bar, I had other friends down in the club, I had other friends upstairs. So I had a babysitter, one of my friends, she became a babysitter. She escorted me outside while the other friend that was with me went and found all the other friends, went outside, and we're, it's raining, it's January, okay? So we're in San Diego, downtown San Diego, raining outside of my little dress and my big heels, and we're like, hey, that place over there, just across the street, let's go there. So we go across the street, and I'm like, again, no food, 
drink a little bit, and I'm blacked out. So I sit down at this table, and I promptly put my hand down and sleep. And all my friends are standing and dancing and looking at me nervously. And I'm like, oh, should we worry? I don't know. She wants to stay out and keep dancing. And then after a couple songs, what do I hear? Party rock into the house tonight. I lift my head up, I stand up, and I start fist pumping to the beat. And it was like, I was just awake from the dead. And after that, like, I just kept, you know, I kept going. I didn't even drink. I just kept going. I was dancing, partying. It was so much fun. We had a great time. And then on the way back, an hour, remember, it's an hour and a half from San Diego down to Orange County. An hour and a half later, we're, we're driving, and uh, there's a stretch between northern San Diego and southern Orange County where there are no shops, nothing. Um, so there's a rest stop, and there's, like the rest stop, the parking to the bathroom is a little far. Uh, my, everybody was passed out except for Brooklyn and Marcy. They wanted to go to the bathroom. So we stopped for them, the bus driver stopped for them, and they were a little tipsy, maybe kind of drunk, maybe like really drunk, maybe like trash, okay? They were kind of trash. Okay, so uh, they're taking a long time. They finally get in. Brooklyn is drenched, like drenched. It had been rained, but like at that point it had not been rained. They're like, what happened to you? Marcy's like, well, we were walking in the bathroom, and she just fell on the ground in this puddle, and she just kept rolling. And that was like, she just kept rolling, and I was like, Brooklyn, come on, like, let me, come on, grab my hand. And, and uh, Brooklyn was like, They got back in, and uh, Brooklyn was. I was standing. I was sitting across from her, and she was standing, facing me. And there were Kelly and Tim were behind her. Okay, and she was teetering, tottering, and then she started to like go back a little bit. And Kelly and Tim split. She like fell right when they split. Immediately, we dropped her home uh, in St. Lenny, very southern part of Orange County. And we guys keep going north. Um, and apparently, she told her husband when she got home, her husband was working late, so he couldn't come. So she made so much noise getting into the house. He told her that it sounded like she broke through a window. He found clothes strewn everywhere, and her shoes were in her underwear drawer. She was just destroyed. And this girl, my friend, very, very good friend of mine, she told she was like, he was like, uh, why are you all wet? And she said, she's like, oh, uh, well, Tanya threw up on me. Me, Tanya, Tanya. <laughs> she, I don't know, made up that for some reason she was like too embarrassed to say that she like fell in a puddle of water. And so she made up the story that the birthday girl threw up on her. And to this day, she swears that I am the one that made her all wet by throwing up on her. Uh, so she tells this story. It was, I just thought that was it's the weirdest thing that a drunk person would come up with, but it makes sense. Um, and, you know, we get home, and, you know, all these, like, crazy, weird, fun things happen. All really, really good memories. I mean, this is why I love celebrating my birthday. I love these like crazy stories and these fun times and I love being the center of attention. Um, and the best part about this is that like through this process, I got to meet Edgar and now he's with me for every birthday. Thank you very much.
Ian and I, I, I don't really, I think I switch every hour actually, I don't know what that anymore. I don't believe in that, I left that church. But uh, one night in particular, uh, John comes over to my apartment and uh, we're trying to figure out how to entertain ourselves for the evening. And uh, this is one night we decided not to go out and, and try, to, try to talk to ladies uh, at a drinking establishment. And uh, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out what you, what you do, that's what you do. And uh, I noticed there, there's a, a Netflix movie on my table. Back in, at this time, uh, Netflix was a company that shipped you uh, craft DVDs in the mail. <laughs> They weren't just a content company that gave you things you kind of like. Um, and the movie was uh, The Purple Rose of Cairo by Woody Allen. And uh, that gives you an idea of what kind of people we were. If we weren't obnoxious enough with personality types in the white world, we were also watching Ben Curry and Woodman. Right? Very obnoxious people. So uh, we decided let's, let's stay in and take in some uh, you know, European influenced cinema. And we're going to do that, but at this point in the, in the evening, I realized I haven't eaten in about eight to ten hours, okay? And because when you're 23 years old, you just like skip meals, you forget to eat because your life doesn't revolve around meals yet. Like right now, I, I thought about going to eat next like four times since I've been It's going to involve something yummy. And so that's the plan. I'm going to watch this. But, uh, you know, first let's eat so I don't keel over. We're going to go out. And since I, oh yes, so John and I also, during this personality type phase, we would talk on the phone about personality types, like aside from our friend group, like just us, and he, he was reading this book about them, about the temperaments, and he would call me and tell me these things, and he read about the book, and we just talk about people for hours, and what types they were, and uh, I kept telling myself, i got to get this book. Because, uh, so I can hang too, so I can have something interesting to say. But like most things I tell myself I'm going to do, I never get around to it. So I just keep forgetting. And so since I have them, I decide, let's stop at the Barnes & Noble. I'm going to pick up a copy of the book, and then we'll go eat. We'll be in and out like three minutes. Barnes & Noble used to be, they probably still exist. There are stories you actually have to go get the book in. <laughs> so we stop in there. We get it. Uh, we, we, you know, I have him with me, so he can tell me what it is. Because I'm, you know. Uh, based on this, you probably think I'm illiterate, but I, I can't read it. <laughs> and so uh, we, we we locate the the aisle that the book would be in. It's uh, the self help section for some reason. The other side is sex, and uh, and it's a really cold night. Okay, so there's a lot of people. It's actually the night before the Janet Jackson uh, nipple incident. <laughs> <laughs> the night before that happened. Okay, so it's January, very cold. Uh, we all remember where we were. <laughs> Who can forget it? It's our JFK shit. So we found the aisle. We're in the aisle, and uh, there's a group of, of five young ladies sitting on the floor in a circle playing a board game. That are in our way. So we kind of have to walk over, excuse me, miss, and just kind of pick up a book, don't mind. You know, we kind of have to do that, that number. And uh, one of them invites us to sit down and play the game with them. They're instigator, they're John, if you will, right? <laughs> so my John accepts immediately and starts sitting down and joins in. I kind of think she's just humoring us, 
and being nice when she's not serious. And I'm stand, I have a stand for the next five minutes. I like, eh, I don't want to commit to this. I'm very hungry. I don't, I don't want to talk. But, but, but then most other nights, we were, we spent the whole evening trying to have this incident happen. Nice young women talking to us and inviting us, usually, you know. So I, I have a lot of problems. I don't know why I don't do this. So eventually, I kind of relent and started playing the game. And the game we're playing, these girls, first of all, they're, uh, they're all college friends, they're all really close friends. And it turns out they couldn't decide what to do with themselves for the night either. And they're, they're just killing time by lawyering, right? So uh, the game they're playing is a trivia game that's a getting-to-know-you kind of game. Like they go around and say, uh, you know, what's your greatest fear? Or, you know, what are your farts? Like, I don't know, whatever it is. And that's a game of who is kind of odd for best friends to play with one another, but it's perfect for us because we get to know each other, you know? And uh, we, we, we get into it, and, and they're very nice to us, and we're all fascinated by each other. They're very interested in us asking questions about our lives, and we're really bonding. Uh, and in a very, um, you know, kind of like hanging on our every word, except for one girl who is wearing a, a corduroy jacket and brown hair. She seems like she kind of has better things to do. <laughs> The rest of them are really into it. She kind of seems like I could be, I could be doing something else for um, So we're playing the game, we're bonding, we're having fun, and then Barnes Noble closes, and uh, we have to leave. And so we decide, uh, somebody suggests we go up the road to a diner, an all-night diner. This is very uh, old school, Woody Allen diners. And uh, so we go up, we, we, we all decide to go there, but you know, we go separately and we kind of think maybe they won't show. And in the car ride up, on the way up, up the street, you know, we're talking about, can you believe this? Uh, and then of course they're like, all right, which one do you have a crush on? Which one do you want to you know, dibs on or whatever? They're like, they're in seventh grade. choice in that. And I would say, God, oh, I like the third one from the left. She's, all I have to do is say that and she'll be into it. And I say, I kind of like the girl with the corduroy jacket. I like, don't show interest in people. It's kind of often, if, you, if you're a little, yeah, that's just a tip for somebody. And so I say that to him, and uh, I don't know who, who he picked. So we go up, we go to the diner, they show up, and we continue playing the game, we continue having a conversation, and, uh, it goes. It was great. We really bonded. Uh, we stayed until like two in the morning, and um, over over uh, pancakes and flavorless eggs, and it's great. And uh, then John and I, and we, we exchanged information. We're going to get together again. We got like a whole new friend group now. It's very lovely. And uh, you know, we go home, and uh, I realized that I never got that book. Never bought it. We got to the whole time, and it was called "Please Understand Me" by, uh, by David Kiersey. And then, uh, of course, we, we don't end up watching *The Purple Rose of Cairo*. It's too late. Uh, which is a movie about movies coming true in your life, and your life. That's what the movie's about. Which is fitting because I did end up buying that book four and a half years later when I gave it to the girl in the corduroy jacket for our wedding. Yeah. 
you're supposed to buy each other a present for your wedding, which I did not know you were about to hang. Because I just thought the marriage itself was the present. Why do you have to give each other a gift? I don't understand. But it seemed like an easy, kind of sentimental thing to do that I didn't have to think of anything. Uh, I still have not read it. But uh, I hear great things. Uh, insert name here. Thank you very much. Stumble on is a Google Mountain and it's <laughs> 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 
was fine. If you don't get any money, it's gonna be great. Right? So I got there. I got there. Okay. And uh, I, I don't. You guys know what? You guys know what a barker is? A barker. So it's like I don't know if you guys have the but like you know if you walk in Times Square, you see a lot of people um, saying for like comedy things. Like hey, you guys want to do a comedy show or like comedy ticket? People who like are advertising for their establishment, right? So there was one of these things before the red light district. Of course. And I used to be a barker for comedy clubs, and it's like I gotta say it's a lot easier barking for like the red light district.
And I was already feeling kind of like, you know, this is kind of, you know, a lot of like red light stuff, they have ties to like the Yakuza, like the mafia and stuff. So it is a scary industry, you know? And uh, they, she's like, you want a drink? And I got a drink and it was like $15 for a drink. I'm like, this is okay. Like, this is, I don't know. I want to go. This is a plus like exchange or whatever. Peace. So I try to leave, right? When I try to leave, the manager of the place, he grabs my arm. He's like, sir, you have that pay.
one of my brothers and sisters like, oh, you I got these splinters? I'm like, no. No. I was so ready. Like, if there was a bully, he was like, I'm going to kick your ass. You know, like, he was like, what's your advance? You know, I'm going to right now. I could not wait to pencil me in. Like, oh, I was just ready. So ready. But then in these planets, they had, uh, the website at home So I'm still jazzed up off of, you know, this new plan. I was like, let me go to the site to help myself with homework that I never do. Uh, and, I, and I went to the site and like the first the first thing I see is like Barker and a neck girlfriend and a boyfriend. I was like, oh damn. Like, I don't want to be the neck girlfriend and a boyfriend, you know, let's do it, let's go in. And it was cool because to find an internet girlfriend and boyfriend, you only needed three things. A-S-L, baby, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I don't know why we need the L. We don't think that's part of the internet girlfriend or boyfriend. There's no location to meet up at. Uh, but I guess, you know, A-S is just ass. So it's too confusing. So I signed up, and, uh, and I, I ended up meeting the girl. We exchanged Yahoo instant messengers. And it was tight. We were like, we're very, we're very advanced for our age, like, way ahead of the game, mostly because, like, you know, we skipped all that, like, internet exchanging, Netflix power, uh, passwords, internet seeing movies together, internet coffee dates, we went straight to internet sex, cyber sex, baby! Okay, go ahead, you know? It was tight, because, like, I was like the John Steinbeck of cyber sex, like, I was just... Those were like, uh, grapes of wrath. Or like, this is it. Oh, wrath. Alright, I'm back with puns. I'm sorry. I tried. Like, I was trying to hold it up. I was like, hmm, what were the grapes? You know, all I came up with was Nate's and Nate's and wrath. Not as sexy. This is it. Oh, wrath. Um, but yeah, no, it was wild. We were going in. So, like, I'm not even at that much time. Like, you, you know, like, so are you eating ass yet? It's 
She wasn't on mine ever again. I just kept going and she wasn't on mine, she wasn't on mine. And you know, it hurt me at first, but I bounced back, you know, it was good. I was like, this is cool, I'm gonna bounce back on this, and I got caught. What about my life? And then uh, just one day, I was at home, and there was a knock at the door, and, uh, and, and I opened the door, and there was a man uh, with a suit and briefcase, and, uh, and like, like I said, I was in Compton, so like, you know, just pro tip, if you're... <laughs> And the man in a suit and briefcase show up and just close the door. Move on with your life. Nothing good can come from it. Like, unless he's bald and in a wheelchair, then you're about to join the X-Men, and that shit's nice. So, definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I was like, okay, he goes, Are you. If you fly away? And I was like, Yeah. And I was like, What? <laughs> Uh, uh, he's like, can I talk to your parents? And I was like, yeah, sure. Which is all weird, all weird. Like, why? Why did I say yes? I'm, I'm asking. That's why. Um, so I went around my parents, and we got to sit in the velvet room, which was tight because I never got to hang out there. Couldn't bring any of my juices. So I finally got to sit in those comfy seats. Got the nice, uh, like, wood. Coffee table with the flowers on it, these liquors that the parents haven't drank to this day. Like, I was still like, oh, cool, yeah. Then he opened his mouth. And they like, looked at the prison, hey, I was like, oh, and um, I'm here with the FBI. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, your son has been using, um, like, extremely advanced sexual language online. <laughs>
like, you know, I'm a romantic. So, so like, down in the Sebastian, they had things. Now, when it was time to, like, after your how you use and hello, when it was time for cyber sex, I turned on the theme where it was raining hearts. So she knew, you know, this wasn't just fucking, we were making love. Cyber were making love. They printed that shit out, too.
Uh, check it out at bodytapeintl.com on iTunes. Thank you so much.